Today we celebrate the solemnity of the Epiphany of the Lord. As one of my lectors told me last night, she said, Father, this is the Christmas for the Gentiles. Of course, we know Jesus came not just for uh, the, the Jewish people, the, the promised people, but he came for the whole world. And we see this, of course, with the three magi coming from, from the Orient, coming to do what? To coming to pay homage to their new king, and bringing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But why bring those gifts? Not exactly a gift you'd want to give to a, maybe a young child, especially a young child who's laying in a manger, no room in the inn. Think maybe you give him a, a gift to a hotel, maybe you give him a blanket, food, something, and if they give him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So I was doing uh, research, a little bit of homily prep. I know that surprises people, I do homily prep. Uh, but as I was doing homily prep this week, uh, I went back and looked at a homily I had heard back in 2010. And it was a homily from Pope Benedict XVI, God rest his soul. I had the opportunity as a deacon to spend a month uh, in, in Italy for three weeks in Rome and, and a week in Assisi. And one of the masses we went to at St. Peter's Basilica was the Solemnity of the Epiphany. I was able to be a minister of, of Holy Communion, some of my classmates and other deacons and priests as well. And so during the Eucharistic prayer for that Mass, I was you know, standing right here with the ciborium, with the host in it, as the Pope, the Chair of Peter, I was right there. One of my, my favorite uh, experiences, and what a profound experience to have Pope Benedict uh, that, that close, as I was holding uh, the ciborium as he was blessing, and we went and distributed uh, the Eucharist. There's actually a picture in my office of me distributing the Eucharist to some very pious nuns as Pope Benedict was walking uh, right behind me. Obviously, he's the main figure in that picture. And now, if you look closely, you can, you can see me. The only problem with that Mass, though, was, well, it was in Italian and Latin, and I don't know Italian or Latin. As you know, I barely know English. And so, as Pope Benedict gave that homily, I went, mm-hmm, I have no idea what you are saying. But of course, I was able to look it up later, and it was a very profound homily on the Feast of the Epiphany. So once again, this week, I went back and, and looked at this homily. And Pope Benedict, by the way, a little, little side note, uh, he's a teacher. This is what he was. He was a, he was a professor. He taught. His students absolutely adored him because he was able to open up the faith in a way that made sense. And his writings, too, even his homilies, kind of speak as, as a teacher. We're not one that's up in the clouds, but very practical. So I encourage you to read many of Pope Benedict's books, his books as Cardinal Ratzinger, his Bishop Ratzinger, as Father Ratzinger. He's a profound theologian and a brilliant mind. But his homily today answers that question of why did they bring gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh? So I'm not going to read his whole homily. I'm just going to read a little section of it. And then, of course, I'll add my input as, as well. This is what he says, though. They had brought gold, incense, and myrrh, these three magi. They're certainly not gifts that correspond to basic daily needs. At that moment, the Holy Family was far more in need of something different from incense or myrrh. And not even the gold could have been of immediate use to them. 
But these gifts had a profound significance. They are an act of justice. In fact, according to the mentality prevailing then in the Orient, they represent the recognition of a person as God and king. That is, an act of submission. They were meant to say that from that moment, the donors, so the Magi, belong to the sovereign and they recognize his authority. The consequence is immediate. The Magi can no longer follow the road they came on. They can no longer return to Herod. They can no longer be allied with that powerful and cruel sovereign. They had always been led along the path of the child, making them ignore the great and the powerful of the world, and taking them to him who awaits us among the poor. The road of love which alone can transform the world. Therefore, not only did the Magi set out on their journey, but their deeds started something new. They traced a new new road. And a new light has come down on earth, which has never faded. The prophet's vision that we heard about today from our first reading is fulfilled that light could no longer be ignored by the world. People would go towards that child and would be illumined by that joy that only he, that is Christ, can give. The light of Bethlehem continues to shine throughout the world. To those who have welcomed this light, St. Augustine said, even we, recognizing Christ our King and priest who died for us, have honored him as if we had offered him gold, incense, and myrrh. But what remains is for us to bear witness to him by taking a different road from that on which we came. Hmm. Pope Benedict explaining in such a profound way that it's an act of submission. Here they are, the three magi, laying prostrate before a little child in a manger, submitting themselves to this new king, this new authority. And we too are called to do the same. And that's why every single week, by the way, when we come to Mass, what do we do? During the Eucharistic prayer, or before we receive the Eucharist, we kneel down. Why do we kneel? Because we know who is in front of of us. You're not kneeling towards me. You're kneeling because of the Eucharist. Jesus Christ truly present. And so yes, that kneeling down is an act of submission. It's an act of humility. It's an act of saying you are now, my Lord and my King, I will kneel, I will bow, I will lay myself down before you. What's interesting, at, at funerals sometimes, uh, I, some funerals, I, you know, I always say, please kneel when it comes to Eucharistic prayer. And our Protestant brothers and sisters scoff at that idea. I'm not going to kneel. I'm not kneeling before you. And I said, good, don't kneel before me. But you're not kneeling before me. You're kneeling before Christ, truly present in the Eucharist, submitting to 
the Lord as your king, as your divine authority. And so, yes, it is an act of submission. But the profound act that the Magi did before us and that we are called to do as well, offering the Lord what? Not just gold, frankincense, or myrrh. What does he really desire? We hear about this throughout Christ's world, throughout his ministry. We hear in the Old Testament as well. He doesn't offer, he doesn't want Holocaust offerings. He wants the gift of you to lay down your life before him. And what is he going to do? He's going to transform it. This is what he does. This transformation, this transformation means that when we leave after receiving the Eucharist, that we too are called to be like the Magi, living in a different way, walking a different road, a road with Christ. Maybe you can recall that that first time you really had a real encounter with the Lord. Maybe it was a retreat. Maybe it was a religion class. Maybe it was just a friend who was expounding the Bible with you, explaining it in a new way. And you realized, ooh, this means I have to change. So I have to live in a different way. But not in a way that's hurtful, but in a better way. I remember when I was in high school and I, and I truly fell in love with the Lord in, in a way I've never done before. I was on a, on a retreat, and I was just filled with the Spirit. And I came back, and I was, I was on the high school football team. And all of a sudden, I realized, oof, I probably should be swearing anymore. My buddies looked at me, and they're like, Carlson, you changed. I did. Not by my own goodness, either. But I changed because I knew I needed to live in a different way. Just like the Magi, in our own life as well. We're always called to be changing, hopefully for the better. And it's so beautiful because we're not doing it by ourselves, but rather when we receive the Eucharist, this transformation happens. We're able to receive Him, share in His divinity, and walk in this new way a way not with the world, not, not living for the world, but for our King, for our Lord, for our Savior for our friend who will do anything for you. And so today as we come before our Lord and King and receive him in the Eucharist, as we we kneel down before him, and when we leave here, we leave walking this new way, this more perfect way, this way that is a road of love. And how do we do it? We live in a way in which we live with the Lord through him, with him, and in him.